This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. Let's get this party started, as they say. Welcome to the broadcast. My name is Adam Ritz. Joining me on the phone is Jay Baker. Jay, welcome back. How are you? I am doing great. And of course, as you and I know, the exciting, fast-paced world of community affairs, uh, we handle it. You know, we do, not to pat ourselves in the back, but we try to, our approach is, you know, just to try to make some of these uh uh, mundane uh, issues like uh, public affairs, health and fitness, cancer awareness, charities and benefits uh, just seem a little bit more fun or or have a little bit more fun talking about them. And I'll just jump right in with, uh, with a concert event that happened recently. Uh, you're not going to get insight on uh, the music industry on any other public affairs like you're going to right now with Jay and, uh, and Adam. Um, my good buddy Christopher Cross, who I call the crown prince of Yacht Rock, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's, oh yeah, I mean without a doubt. I, I, I mean he created it. Uh, now he he uh, I haven't talked to him lately to find out if he uh, appreciates that nickname or not. I'm sure uh, five years ago he didn't like it, but I bet today he likes the the name because with with the popularity of Yacht Rock, uh, his his internet downloads have increased twenty fold, which means mailbox money. With all the great songs that he wrote and sang, that he's uh, getting a piece of the pie when that uh, when the record companies send him a check, he loves it. So, anyway, uh, I follow Christopher Cross uh, quite closely. He's one of the featured artists on my other radio show, Yacht Rock Radio. Uh, for any listeners curious, it's yachtrockradio.com. Anyway, back to the show. Uh, <laughs> we we yes. uh, we were talking about Christopher Cross recently performed at a uh, a benefit in Carnegie Hall in New York it was a a Paul McCartney benefit so it, it was a great event for for Mr. Cross because the Beatles and Paul McCartney are one of his obvious inspirations one of his favorite artists and uh, this was the 18th annual benefit called the music of Paul McCartney so uh, again, not to beat a dead horse, Jay and I talk about this all the time. Find a fun event that benefits a charity and make a night out of it. Uh, if you're going to go see a concert, um, if if your time is over, you know, just if you're being pulled in all directions, you don't have time to go to that many concerts. Uh, you can kill two birds with one stone by going to see a great show that you know is benefiting a great organization. And now your ticket money, the money out of your pocket going to the ticket, uh, some of that money is going to help some other people. So everybody wins in this scenario. The 18th annual Music of Paul McCartney benefit. Listen to some of these names, Jay, that performed uh, on stage at Carnegie Hall. Natalie Merchant, Lyle Lovett, Graham Nash, Bruce Hornsby, uh, Nancy Wilson from Heart, uh, Christopher Cross, uh, Steve Jordan was the musical director and, uh, and more. Uh, some other names that were local to New York, uh, but just a great night of entertainment. And the, uh, the event uh, benefited music education for underserved youth. So just a, talk about a win, win, win all the way around uh, for everybody involved. Congratulations to um, Michael Dorff, who presented the show. 
all the, all the uh, performers who performed, including uh, the Crown Prince of Yacht Rock, Christopher Cross. Now, of those names I, I read to you, who would be the one that you'd be most, I guess, excited to uh, hear or see? Well, I would love to hear from Graham Nash, who, of course, famously from Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. And uh, he admitted in an interview about a year and a half ago that he was writing better music than in any part of his life. So I would definitely love to see Graham perform. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, Probably for me, Nancy Wilson. I think that'd be cool to to hear uh, hear some heart songs. But also, you know, for, for my generation... Uh, we hold her in, in high regard because um, because she was in the film Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yes. Uh, she uh, was in the Corvette when she pulled up next to Judge Reinhold when he had the uh, the fried fish uniform on. So uh, I don't know. Is she still married to, to is it James Cameron? I, I, I should have researched this before uh, I opened my big think, fat mouth. Uh, there's, uh, Did James Cameron James produce Cameron? Fast Times at Ridgemont High? I think it was. I, I think yes. it's one of his early films, and I think at least at the time they were either dating or married, and he cast her as the "quote unquote" beautiful woman in Corvette. Yes, and that's the kind of trivia you know. Pre-internet, pre-viral memes, uh, it was pretty amazing when uh, four or five years after the movie came out that somebody noticed. Oh my gosh, that's Nancy Wilson from Heart. <laughs> Oh, yes. Well, you know, Beautiful Woman in the Corvette was an homage to uh, Beautiful Blonde in a T-Bird from the film, uh, oh, shoot, that had Wolfman Jack in it and uh, Harrison Ford. Is that American uh, uh, Graffiti? American Graffiti, graffiti. yes. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, good filmmakers know to put their girlfriends in the film. You know, Bruce Hornsby uh, performed as well, and... While uh, I was a young lad in the in the mid to late '80s, you know, I was uh, 16, 17 years old when when the Bruce Hornsby and the Range hits started getting airplay. I was in the middle of my Def Leppard, Van Halen, Dokken stage. Uh, I have to admit, at that time, I still loved those songs from Bruce Hornsby. Those were great songs. Oh, they were outstanding songs, absolutely. And then my only uh, reference of, to Lyle Lovelett, L- Lovett, Lovett, the lovely Lyle Lovett, <laughs> Lyle Lovett, is, yes. uh, is that he married um, Julia Roberts? And I just yes, don't know how did. I don't know how he pulled that off. I don't know, you know. <laughs> well, I think yes, congratulations. We said later, yeah, this gave uh, hope to nerds everywhere I'm that telling you, know, you, what? you could land the beautiful princess. Talk about inspiring uh, young <laughs> young men all across the the country. I love Lyle Lovelett. Why? What's your favorite song? I don't have any. Oh, he's I a singer. Know. I didn't know that. I just he married <laughs> Julia Roberts. Know. I just know he didn't comb his hair for three years, and, he, and Julia Roberts <laughs> fell in love with him. So that's all I know. Well, the 18th annual uh, Paul McCartney, uh, the music of Paul McCartney benefit to uh, serve and benefit uh, music education for underserved youth uh, is in the books. We look forward to next year's uh, event in March of 2024 when it will be the 19th annual. And we'll see who the the people are that it will benefit. And uh, I'm curious to see who the people are that will perform. Hopefully Christopher Cross will be back on stage. I know he's got a huge Beatles connection. He does, uh, I think once a year, he'll do a Beatles tour. Well, he'll go out with some other 
uh, players like Todd Rundgren, and they'll they'll perform like an entire Beatles album front to front to end. So, oh, that is so great! And yeah. you talk about a talent level, and I think it's great now. I think we're enjoying the renaissance of all these artists who may or may <laughs> on their first pass have been, you know, taken seriously because now, uh, you know, people flock to see these shows. They do. And just to wrap it up, uh, a word of encouragement. If you're looking for some entertainment and uh, you feel like you should uh, help out a charity, combine the two, kill those two birds with one stone, buy a ticket to an entertainment event that benefits a charity, and then it's a win-win for everybody. Oh, no, you're absolutely correct. Hey, you know, Adam, as you well know, America looked at what it would look like if we worked remotely for weeks on end uh, when the pandemic hit. Uh, remote work was kind of uh, sort of became the norm here in America. Many companies have gone back to working full time in the office, but uh, you'll love this. Uh, the state of California and several European nations have flirted now with a thing called the four day work week. Doesn't sound b- bad to me. What I what I just heard you say was the three day weekend. Yes, indeed. It would create a three-day weekend, which you and I know, even under our current guise of five days a week, somehow the three-day weekend gets created anyway. Right. (laughs) But the four-day work week, literally, uh, because the original European model was you're still going to work 40 hours a week, but you're going to do it over four days. So you spend a little bit extra effort, but you get an additional day off. Well, California is looking at basically 32 hours as a four-day work week, and they're going to propose it as specific uh, legislation, and it said it would give Americans more time to live, play, and enjoy life more fully outside of work. And the bill would require uh, overtime at a rate pay of time and a half for any employee who works more than 32 hours in one week. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, there's going to be a lot of people that'll just uh, go to work on Friday just to get the time and a half. I would. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. So this is uh, apparently a real thing. It's not expected to pass, but they do say this is sort of a step forward. Uh, California even though uh, many people in the East and the Midwest will say, California, they're a little kooky. And (laughs) so we're not trying to guide your, your thought process to they're a little kooky, but yes, they are sometimes uh, a little different as we like to say, but they said, this is sort of testing the waters. There are some 70 companies that are testing currently the four day work week to see if it uh, has the same amount of productivity. And there are a number of European nations that are trying this out. Now, you and I laugh when you say a number of European nations, because what do guys in our country read? Well, people in France apparently have, what is it, 20 weeks of vacation a year. Yeah. Uh, you might say, how do the people of France get anything done? Yeah. yeah. I, doesn't the entire country of France take the entire month of August off? Yes. Like the whole There's month. There's some kind of crazy thing where it's like, if you need something from France during August, come back in September. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> you can't even go get a, 
a, a sandwich anywhere because no, they're all closed you too. You can't get your driver's license renewed. You're on your own, buddy. Wait till September 1st. <laughs> well, speaking of France, the French Bulldog is the new top dog in America. And this is a big story because this is according to the American Kennel Club, which for a very long time had rated the Labrador, Labrador, there we go, let me say it properly, the Labrador Retriever as the number one dog in America. And Labs were number one for 30 plus years. The Lab is dead. So you're telling me the French Bulldog (laughs) has taken over. Yeah, the Lab's still up there. We don't want anybody who has a Lab right now to go, this dog has fallen out of favor. Uh, We must get the favorite dog. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, you don't, 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 you don't have to put your lab down uh, no. and go get a French bulldog. You don't have your to. Your lab is still a perfectly uh, fine animal. So a Labrador <laughs> retriever has been the number one dog for the past 30 years. So what, 30 uh, years. you know, in 1992, what was the number one dog then? Do we you have know, that? This, this article does not say though, you and I know that any kind of dog that, uh, you know, can drive you to work would be the number one breed. Boy, you'd you have- know, you you try to look at dogs that are amazingly practical. Yeah. What, the, what are those? Uh, the St. Bernard, the one that can bring you um, a beverage you in a their beverage, collar? Yeah. That's probably useful. German you Shepherd. You down in a snowbank. You, yeah. You, you're in a police situation. You get a German Shepherd. That's a police-oriented dog. Yeah, absolutely. Doberman Pinscher. Those are probably useful. Um, yeah. But yeah. number one dog, French Bulldog, Labrador, number two now. And then it's followed by Golden Retriever, German Shepherd, and the Poodle. Those are the top five most popular dogs in America. What can you tell me? I, you know, you're a dog person. I, I, uh, I'm not really ashamed to admit I'm, I am not. Uh, I blame it on my asthma and my allergies. Uh, <laughs> but I can envision a bulldog in my brain right now. What does a French bulldog look like? I believe the French bulldog, and if I'm incorrect, I will stand corrected. But if you were a fan of the show Modern Family uh-huh. and Jay Pritchett, the patriarch of the family, the yep. uh, owner of the closet company, his dog was a French bulldog. Okay. Just just a little bulldog. The little, little French one. bulldog. Yeah. Okay. I can, you know, you say bulldog. I think of the mascot from the University of Georgia, Uggas, yes. the, the bulldog. And if if you put a, a beret on him, there's your French bulldog. That's the only thing there's I can, your I can see bulldog, in my head. Yes. So yeah, uh, no, I know what you're talking about now. Thank thank you for that description. French bulldog, <laughs> the number one. French. You know what? I wonder how much Modern Family had to do with that statistic. People you know, saw that dog. You said that, but the second I saw that, I thought, I wonder if that show specifically did not contribute to the popularity of that dog because the dog that's featured in modern family is absolutely a stitch yeah that dog is so funny yeah 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 there's a lot of you know art imitates real life and vice versa so maybe uh seeing that dog once a week for seven years when that show was on the air there's there's why there are why the the lab is dead that's why the lab is dead long live (laughs) yes now, uh, you know, Adam, we're uh, number one in New Jersey. I didn't know if you knew that or not. I I, I knew we were in the top five. Uh, but we yes. are in the okay, top great. five for sure. Uh, the state of New Jersey 
has been cautioning residents as bears emerge from their winter dens. So apparently in the springtime, uh, who would know? But, you know, as you all know, New Jersey, uh, known as the Garden State, it's a beautiful state. It's uh, got a lot of agriculture in it, a lot of forests in New Jersey. Many people don't know this, but it's one of the most beautiful states in the union. But you have to worry about bears in New Jersey. Now, I don't know if that's for the entire state or just portions of the state near wilderness, but I thought I would pass that along because specifically, I don't want anybody in New Jersey to get eaten by a bear. I would, if you said, where, where's the, where is there a bear problem this spring? I, New Jersey would not have been on the list. Uh, yeah. I didn't realize it was that woodsy. Uh, you just think of, you know, the, across the street from New York City. So you, you leave Manhattan, you leave New York City to get away from crime, and you're going to get attacked by a bear? Is that what you're telling you me? You could encounter a bear after all that. You've taken precautions to avoid the subway, and now look what happened. You know, I have to, on a side note, tell you, I have not seen Cocaine Bear yet. Uh, and I do <laughs> Is that say, not the best ever? I say yet, because I am going to see it. My kids went and saw it, and they loved it. And they said, Dad, oh. it's just, it's a fun movie. It's just over the top. They just say it's please, over the top, yeah. Please don't take this as a public affairs recommendation to see a film. Uh, but uh, but now that we're we're in the nest here, we're just talking guys here, just me and you, I, I'm going to see that movie. Uh, based on a true story of a, of a bear actually finding um, a, a load of uh, contraband, <laughs> eating it, and, and actually the bear in 19... It was in the 80s sometime, and the bear it's died. It's based on a true story, I, I mean, of ba- course. Now, the bear... The, the movie isn't the, tr- a true, the true story. It's just based on the true story that, yes, a bear found some cocaine and ate it. There's the true story. Uh-huh. So, in real life, back in the 80s, I think the bear just ate it. It, it was too much for its system, and it died. Uh, it didn't, didn't go the on... Movie, it didn't the go on a rampage. It, oh, yeah. He, he like... <laughs> I've seen the trailer. He goes crazy. He's on a rampage. He's just going after people. I, I mean, it's just insane. They, so they recommend that if you do have a bear, not to feed him any cocaine at all. That right? isn't that the New Jersey warning now? Uh, this spring, good? Uh, watch this out for the spring. bears exiting their dens, and please do not feed them cocaine. Well. Uh, you'll love this. No lesser agency than the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection. Dum, dum, dum. You know, these guys, I mean, you can imagine the patch and the uniform that the uh, DEP, as we like to call them, wears. But they are urging residents to secure <laughs> trash and take other protective measures to reduce the risk of bear encounters. I wonder if those deep- officers have sirens and, and can carry firearms. The New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection officer. They're trained. They are highly trained. trained. I bet they have sirens. They are the most elite crime-fighting force in the entire state of New Jersey. Let's go catch some cocaine bears. <laughs> Absolutely. The DEP is also expanding its multimedia Know the Bear Facts outreach campaign. So if you are in New Jersey, if you do a Google search for Know the Bear Facts, that's B-E-A-R Facts, you will be provided more information. That's a great slogan, Jay. I, it's I love not it. bad. That's uh, ad agency quality. Know the Bear Facts. Absolutely. Know the Bear Facts. For sure. Be, be sure to watch that, and then you will know how to stay safe year-round, not just during bear 
season in the spring, but year-round. Know the bare facts. This is a public service announcement from the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection and the Adam Rich Show. Absolutely. Now, you know you have probably heard that there is a product that you can purchase uh, called Bear Spray, and it's a kind of a, you know, supercharged version of pepper spray. Though I have heard uh, from more than one source that you innocently purchase bear spray because you think this is a product that will help keep me safe in a dangerous uh, encounter. And then most people that have used bear spray end up uh, pretty much inhaling most of the bear spray themselves. So it's not recommended for that, anyone. It's toxic. You don't want that to accidentally go off in your purse. No, you absolutely no. do not. Now, it won't be long, Adam, before the month of April comes up and we have some uh, several awarenesses of the month. Uh, some are, of course, uh, whimsical and then some are kind of important. Uh, this is sort of near and dear to uh, both of our situations, but Alcohol Awareness Month is a very important look at how we, because we're on the cusp of the summer and warmer weather how we as americans sort of use alcohol and sometimes it does require uh yeah, yeah. forethought uh because you really don't there's a lot to be said about avoiding uh drunk or buzzed driving for sure and with the warm months ahead uh the outdoor activities and the alcohol that's involved from a memorial day cookout through uh, fireworks in Fourth of July, up into tailgating into early football season. I mean, those can be fun events. Uh, you throw in some alcohol for the festivities, and too much of the alcohol can can be devastating and so dangerous. So, alcohol awareness uh, any time of year is great. That's that's why uh, it's April, right? April is Alcohol Awareness Month. Yes, April uh, is Alcohol Awareness Month, and uh, it's a great time to sort of reset. Uh, you made it through the the winter, the the spring. Uh, things are heating up with the outdoor activities um, and get-togethers. So, great time. You're aware of alcohol for sure. It is also Autism Acceptance Month, which is, I think, uh, wonderfully appropriate. Uh, autism awareness has come more into the forefront, and it really has been uh, the fact that more autism research has gone on, that there has been a higher recognition uh, that there are people that sometimes you may not expect are on the so-called autism spectrum. Yeah, and I you know, I love how uh, it's not Autism Awareness Month, it's Autism Acceptance Month. Yes. And I'd say uh, just just 30 years ago, uh, maybe more recent, uh, autism was, there was a mystery to it. You didn't really know about it. You didn't talk about it. You found out somebody had it, and it might have been a, a pearl clutch or a, oh, what? Uh, but we've had such great, um, I guess, conversations around it. Uh, have have come forward to discuss their lives and how it's affected their life. And it's so it's so much more common uh, than we than we ever knew, and uh, it's just it's great that uh, that it is that they've have their month called Acceptance Month. I just love that it's called that. Yeah, I do too. So that is very good. So yes, yeah, do be cognizant and aware. And uh, if you do have 
uh, some doubts about uh, a family member. I mean, obviously, this is, uh, you know, sometimes a slippery slope, but don't be afraid to reach out to medical practitioners and get the appropriate testing for anybody that you're concerned about. Good advice. It's Earth Month, which means, of course, as you well know, you need to be aware of, uh, you know, uh, keeping things, uh, you know, lots of trees planted and uh, keeping the ecology sound and everything. And, uh, you know, in the past, I think people that were ecologists were somewhat deemed as, quote, tree huggers. But I do believe now uh, people that are concerned about Mother Earth and ecology, I think we can all uh, reach out and uh, be happy and aware. You know, everybody has the same goal, and that's to just make this planet beautiful. So, oh, yes. Uh, I always try to, you know, if I'm walking anywhere and there's some trash in the ground, you pick it up, you throw it away. And I always like to uh, keep my eyes open for when anybody else does that. You, you kind of, I like to say something to them, like, hey, I appreciate you doing that. And they're like, you know, they give you the head nod because we're all in this together. I mean, oh, yeah. Uh, Earth Month. And it's one of those months where, you know, even when this month is over, we just don't go back to it's not not Earth Month. <laughs> You know, right. Uh, yeah. Let's celebrate it's Earth not... Month uh, for the other 11 months of the year, too. Yeah, it doesn't revert back to go ahead and pour motor oil down the drain month. It's no. not that. No, no, it's not that at all. It's not In throw you your wondering. It's not throw your car battery into the river month. Uh, come May. <laughs> Isn't that the best? <laughs> Throw your car battery into the river month. I don't know what month that is, but by yeah, golly. It's, we know it's, it's not April. Else. <laughs> no, it's not April for sure. Uh, now, this is near and dear to me because, as you pointed out, uh, we have an adopted dog in our family, and it is National Heartworm Awareness Month. There is a, um, you know, there are a number of great preventative medicines that you can uh, inquire at your vet to uh, prevent heartworm in a dog. If you've ever been around a situation with a dog that has gotten ill or a dog that has been adopted with heartworm, it's heartbreaking because this is very preventable. But uh, a lot of times the dog can get so ill that even treating the dog for heartworm can end up uh, being a fatal event. So uh, you, this is something you definitely, it's avoidable and it's something that you want to be hyper aware of in your pet. Well, uh, hats off to you for uh, for your adoption as well. Um, I can't wait to talk about dog adoption month or pet adoption yeah. month. Uh, I'm sure you should be a spokesperson for that. I highly recommend it. We've uh, we've had a, a great little girl dog that's come into our life, and uh, as they always say, they look for their uh, forever home. And uh, yeah, I can't imagine uh, life without our little girl that we got from the pound. Oh, everybody's oh, crying now. Absolutely, it's uh, National Parkinson's Awareness Month. There's been some uh, new information that's come out that has talked about. Uh, Parkinson's disease, which affects approximately 10 to 15 percent of Americans over the age of 60. And uh, as you know, famously, uh, advocates for Parkinson's disease have been Michael J. Fox, who was uh, diagnosed with Parkinson's early onset Parkinson's, and also Muhammad Ali, yes. who uh, sadly 
dealt with Parkinson's uh, over the last few years of his life. Yeah, Michael J. Fox has been a great uh, advocate or spokesperson for Parkinson's because even just personally, I, I didn't really know what it was or or how uh, it affected you. Um, and he's had it for quite some time and yes. uh, and has been able to uh, be pretty, pretty inspiring to, to people that have it and that don't have it. Uh, right. And has brought a lot of education to the topic uh, to the, through the media and uh, just his fame. Uh, so, for sure. There is no cure for Parkinson's, but the good news is is there are a number of uh, Parkinson's uh, foundations, one of which Michael J. Fox founded. The other one, a famous guy, an Olympic cyclist by the name of Davis Finney, was also diagnosed with early onset Parkinson's. And you think about a guy like Michael J. Fox, who, you know, was one of the most famous actors of his time. And then you take Davis Finney, who was better known in the Olympic cycling community. But you take two guys that were in the absolute prime of their lives. And as they're heading towards the age of 40, they're diagnosed with a disease that many people felt like this is kind of an older American disease. And it does tend to strike people in their 60s. But it's also it, it can be heartbreaking but it doesn't have to be a death sentence which is great right yeah and that's dead on with um with michael j fox uh he was nowhere near 60 when he was diagnosed with it so uh very good jay thank you so much for the information we look forward to talking more about alcohol awareness month through uh, this month of april uh we want to thank you for listening uh, as always you can hear this episode or any of our previous shows on our website adamritzshow.com The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out-of-Home Marketplace at Vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit AdamRitzShow.com.